Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Guitar Stories, episode 65. Hello, Danielson. Hey, Andy. Where am I? What? 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 What is it? I like. It's weird, isn't it? We've been yeah, away. It feels, it feels like a new show. I know. Yeah, it's, you feel you, you seem really seem refreshed. Then, in that case. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of, a little bit. Yeah. But if it's great, we've to be both back. been ill. We're both still a bit croaky. It, mm -hmm. Yeah. What a great time to be back in the guitar world. Guitar stories. Wonderful guest tonight. New gear. People in the chat watching already. Hello, people in the live chat. If you're watching this live, hello. If you're watching or listening to this, I should say on the podcast version. Um, yes. We've got uh, lots and lots of people in the chat already. Tonight, Dan, we have uh, a guest, a pedal builder, a head honcho, dare I say. <laughs> a head honcho, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, big boss man. Uh, yeah, big boss man. And I'm looking forward to talking about him because uh, we already had a little bit of a dive into the topic early on before the show that he's got a very interesting CV. And uh, yeah, I mean, pedals. You can always talk about pedals, no doubt about that, right? Yeah. Also, we had Dan and I had a little bit of a sing along before we went live. We were singing <laughs> "Offspring" on, on an ukulele. Do you want to give him a little little rendition? And that reminded Andy of uh, "Why Don't You Get a Job" by The Offspring, which is completely accurate. Like it's super close, but yeah. Is that what we were playing, or were you just noodling? I was just noodling. Okay, there's an offspring little pun for you there, you know, because yeah. the guitar player is called Noodles. <clears throat> right. Um, <laughs> I didn't even get that. I'm so sorry. Intentional yeah. pun. Episode yeah. 65, we're nailing our puns finally. Um, it is really good to be back. And um, to the people in the live chat, if you have any questions for our guest this evening, we will collect them and we will ask him um, very, very soon. Dan is leaving. Where, where are you going, Dan? Wait, 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 wait. What's he doing? Wait. Dan is Dan has left. I think his camera battery has died. <laughs> well, this is fun. We're seeing all. Wow, this is the in back back scenes. I hope he doesn't play any videos that he shouldn't be. We're seeing the play <laughs> mode of Dan's camera. <laughs> uh, Felipe, I know you can see this. This is Guitar Stories podcast. This is the um, the level of professionalism you should be expecting. If you if you listen to the audio version of this, uh, all chaos is breaking loose in Germany and someone's taken over Dan Dan's camera. No, all good, all good. What was that? I was I was completely blurry. So I was trying to to do the focus kind of thing, but then the camera slipped, and I accidentally hit the the play mode, and there was some video stuff. But now I think now it's 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 much better, right? So we, I mean, we, it's we, not we, as if we've been talking for half an hour already, and you had all the time to do that. We we're just dicking around <laughs> on ukuleles, <laughs> and, and right? Drinking and drinking tea. Drinking tea. What time. kind of tea are you drinking this evening? I'm enjoying a beautiful box of Fabro lemon iced tea. Cheers. Mm, I've never tried the lemon one, but bubblegum is where it's at, as we all know. Um, all right. And if okay. Perfecto de Castro is, is listening or watching, then he knows also. <laughs> I would. Um, I was about to say, let's bring our guest in, but he's disappeared. Oh, he's, he's come back. Oh, okay. I can see why. Um, 
Dan, I know that you have prepared a wonderful introduction for our guest this evening. So yep. if you would um, lead us into the introduction, we can bring our guest. All right, lovely. Okay, so that was kind of impromptu style, but let, let me give it a shot. So tonight we're welcoming Philippe Pampuri, who is the CEO of Beatronics FX. And uh, learning to play the guitar from his dad as a child, Philippe quickly realized that there was no plan B for pursuing a career as a musician. After getting signed to a record label from LA, Philippe moved to the US and they went on a seven-year streak, releasing three records as a band, but eventually broke up. Luckily, he had dived deeper into the realms of do-it-yourself pedal building and gear fixing, which laid the foundation for his future as the founder and owner of a company called Beatronics, which is located in the Beehive, I think in LA area. Is that correct? We'll ask him. I don't know. We'll ask him. Yeah, we'll, we'll Let's ask see him. how much we'll we get right. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, in that case, please welcome a, a hero of mine, a fuzz paddle maker. It's Felipe from Beatronics FX. Ah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> it's a real life bee. Um, What's up, guys? <laughs> I was going to put it on, but this thing, it's hard to put it on and suffocate yourself a bit. So, not, <laughs> not too easy. Felipe, to welcome to All the right, show. Guys. Thank you. And uh, obrigado. That's, that's my obrigado. Portuguese finished. <laughs> um, yeah. I've, how much did we get right of that introduction? Anything? Most of yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm from Brazil, for whoever you know, uh, don't know. Uh, I was born and raised in Brazil. Uh, me and my brother, we are both musicians. M both my brothers play, uh, and my dad plays as well. He he's a doctor, but he also you know has has a passion for for music. Uh, that's where my passion probably came from for most. Uh, and yeah, you know, like twelve years ago. Now almost 13, I moved to LA because of a band I was in. Back in Brazil, me and my brother always had recording studios. Uh, that's what we did since I'm like 17, probably. We started really recording bands and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, since we were really young, like uh, we were recording pretty much. We kind of kicked out my mom out of her, her bedroom at some point and built a studio in my mom's bedroom. We really did. Uh, <laughs> and then you know and that was our first studio and anyways we went on to you know having different studios in sao paulo and one of the projects that we were working in ended up coming to la to make the record we ended up getting signed to this label here and kind of never went back so cool. after a while I, I was making the pedals while i was doing the touring thing and, uh was more of a goal of me having my own stuff and you know Definitely the opposite of having a brand, you know, in the sense of like, I didn't want anybody to have none of my pedals at all. That was the reason why I was making them. And also I would have something that nobody had. It. Uh, uh, and yeah. no, it's fine. It's just the dudes here. We're, we're at the hive, by the way, we're at our spot. So I'm at my, the, the front, we have a studio in the back. We have the, where we the make background. the pedals. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, and I was making the pedals for me. I, initially, the idea was not to start a brand at all, uh, was to just have my own sounds and people come in and say, hey, what do you play? And I'd be like, no, it's my stuff, you know? 
But then eventually I was broke and a friend was like, hey, dude, sell me one. And I was like, no, I might. And I ended up selling it and kind of picked up like quite quickly, you know, a lot of like local people started, hey, dude. And so enough, it became Vitronics, but it wasn't fully intended to be that way, you know. Yeah, but that's even even better if, yeah, if it grows yeah. naturally, right? Yeah, similar story for me, Felipe, that I didn't mean to start a YouTube career. It just, you know, I did it for fun and turned out to be, you know, I, I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah, I, I like that's... hard work, so I, I carried on with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. Well, Felipe, yeah. we're going to dive... We're going to dive deeper into your story and the story of cool. Btronics awesome. effects in a little bit. We're going to run through a little bit of the news of the week, and we've got some gear picks. Dan's favorite gear pick of the last seven days, my favorite gear pick of the last seven days. Felipe, did you choose anything from the past seven days? Yes, yes, I did. I did. Okay, well, don't tell us yet. That's great. Okay. Um, we're just going to do the news because um, there is some important news at the moment that Dan and I was talking about. And that is, um, first and foremost, the, uh, well, from a guitar point of view, it's the apparent tube shortage, shortage, sorry. Um, but that's obviously linked to the situation currently going on in, well, to the east of us at the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, we wanted to show our support for Ukraine and the people that are living there. And of course, we, we, I have friends that are from there and are living there. We've got guitar companies that are there. And there's one guy in particular that um, I wanted to talk about, and that's Scott, who does the, the lessons for Spectre Digital. And he's had to leave his home in Ukraine with just anything he could fit in his car. And in a way to help him, the courses that are available on Spectre Digital at the moment are completely going to him. So if you buy one of his courses, which I'm about to put in the live chat, uh, it's not an affiliate link or anything like that. It's just a, a link to Scott's course. Um, all these proceeds go towards Scott being funded as a musician. And his courses are excellent, especially if, he, if you're into mixing metal and stuff like that. So we'll also put it in the link for the podcast, Dan. Um, mm -hmm. And then if you, if you want to go and buy one of these, everything that you buy goes towards Scott. And he's going to go and live. Can I say it, Dan? Do you think we can see where he's going to go and live? Probably, yeah. Yeah, he's going to go and live with Henning from HP42. Um, <laughs> Henning has opened his home because he's such a kind-hearted person. I hope Scott and his family know what they're getting into. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to be sensitive as to what's going on. But in regards to what's happening in the world and us doing a guitar show, we believe, well, we started the Guitar Stories podcast to be positive in the guitar world and spread positivity and the fact that guitar is fun. And I'd like to think that people still need that fun and still need that positivity, regardless of what's happening in, in their part of the world. So that's why we're doing it. And we hope to bring some joy uh, to your world, wherever you are. Did I mess anything, Dan? Nope, that was spot on. And uh, I'm super glad to see so many, you know, people from our community, artists, etc, support that uh, humanitarian help at the border. And it's just uh, incredible to see, you know, people not just donating, but also driving to the border, carrying people to to other countries and, you know, providing homes. It's it's remarkable. And, you know, we've talked internally in the company as well. And, you know, with the family, it's just it's 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 so important to to kind of show that support and, and 
yeah, just make make it possible somehow because we're all in that situation and th those people they need ASAP help. They can't wait for you know some sort of program or you know state support no. or anything. We we got to help all together. Together we're all stronger. So yeah, and we're all guitar players, so you know we should all get along at some point. Even though some of us are bass players, just you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. To talk, to talk quickly about the tube shortage, there's been a few videos going around, and I also made a video but haven't released it yet because I wasn't sure about the sensitivity of it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Felipe, Dan, what's your view on the tube shortage to throw you both, both in the deep end? <laughs> I've barely seen really online just a little bit people talking about, I guess, electroharmonics or something. I saw one or other news, but honestly, I'm not super familiar with what exactly is going to happen towards that. Okay. Okay, so Electroharmonics released a statement to say that they produce their tubes in Russia, and because they can't export them, there will be no tubes for a foreseeable or unforeseeable length of time. Um, now, Dan is quite an intelligent chap and quite business-minded, so Dan has some pretty cool uh, opinions on this so w would you share a little bit about what you said in the in the whatsapp messages we were sending oh wow now putting me on the spot but yeah of course um well basically what what's happening and i don't know if, if everyone kind of got that already right is that ehx they they own like one of the largest uh, vacuum tube companies or, or manufacturers in uh, in russia and basically now being banned from from exporting their stuff it's uh, an immediate shortage of, of tubes everywhere because uh, I think there was a big Chinese um, a Chinese factory uh, what was it called? Chuzhuang I think something like that uh, that that had burned last year so they are not back in operation and, um, and there is a Slovakian company as well but they are kind of supporting at the moment so the production is also not at full capacity which leads to you know a lot of demand and that demand cannot be met and uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, the ban in Russia will not be lifted, and uh, you know that kind of confronts the owners of EHX with with decisions that they have to make. Do, can they kind of pursue their business in Russia, or do they give that up with uh, you know the fear of having their uh, the the fear of having their company being nationalized by the Russians and kind of losing all their assets? Um, so you know, we talked about what what options they have. They can either pull out the market or kind of try to keep stuff running and build some sort of stock if that's possible, and and just run production as is without exporting it. Rather putting you know stuffing it in a warehouse until that sort of ban is lifted or they have an opportunity to kind of export that stuff. So um, yeah, I'm 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 kind of I'm, I'm positive that in a not too far future, you know, we will get more supply in the market and maybe even the market will be flooded again but uh you know for for a couple months you know there will definitely be a shortage in in tubes and you can see that already on reverb and ebay that the prices they have skyrocketed but you know we, and we talked about that at length as well if you if you own a tube and you're not a professional guitar player you're just a hobbyist how often do you change tubes you know once a lifetime <laughs> Or every every decade or so, so I don't I don't think that uh, as many people will be immediately affected uh, as you might think at the moment. So yeah, that's my two cents on that. I hope so. I have a few amps that need tubes. I'll tell you that much, and that makes me sad because I'm gonna have to spend <laughs> some extra money. I have quite a few. You have uh, to sell a lot uh, of pedals in the next few months. <laughs> yeah, 
trading pedals for tubes now. Yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. But as guitar players, it kind of is. But um, it's good to know that we. I mean, maybe we're going to be forced to move on to more modern uh, ways of making our guitars louder. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we just wanted to bring it up, talk about it, and if anyone has any opinions, then throw it in the chat, and um, we'd, I'd love to hear your opinions personally. Um, but we'll move on to some lighter stuff and some some yes, gear stuff. So again, being sensitive to what's going on, we're going to keep it positive and talk about gear. So I think um, I think I'm going to go first this week. Dan, is that okay? Sure. I'm feeling selfish. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I'll go for my gear pick of the week first. Yeah. I, I'm trying to. Andy's pick of the week. He almost made it back in time. Dan left <laughs> to refocus his camera again. Um, okay. So my gear pick of the week is actually a release today. If you're watching right now live, um, it's Tuesday and Fender have released a player Meteora. So it's uh, four guitars. Um, there's the hang on. I've got to get this. I, I'm never going to get these names right. But there's a green one. There's a <laughs> blue burst thingy. And there's a silver burst and a traditional two tone sunburst. Um, and these are actually not my pick of the week. My pick of the week is actually the bass versions because I think the basses look superb. I love the guitars, but the basses, I think they remind me of the Jaguar Squire basses that are so so uh, popular and sound so good. I just, I just think this lends itself as a shape to being a bass. Dan, you um you had an opinion on on that. You were going to share it with me live. I want to know what it was. You didn't want to tell me offline. Uh oh yeah yeah yeah. I was like uh I'm I mean we talked about that previously that uh, the shapes is something that I completely dig. It it looks super uh, futuristic, but also has a lot of retro vibe. But when it comes to the guitars, I think there's a lot going on in the guitars, and that's also the reason why you might gravitating more towards the basses because with the extended scale, it kind of you know, pulls everything a little bit aside so it's not too, you know, too close together and it's not too much going on. So for the guitars, I would I would completely dig a, a version without a scratch plate. You know, just a plain a plain top one color. Oh really? And then the pickups, yeah. So uh sorry Dan Felipe, we're talking about this, the new Fender player yes. series Meteora. Yes, I just um, yeah. I don't know how much you caught. That's the guitar version, um, but my pick is actually the bass. And I, Dana, I think you're right. There's so much yeah. going on with the guitar design-wise that maybe the bass is a. I, I see. My favorite one for this is the two burst um, bass, so the the more traditional vintage-looking one. Mm -hmm. But other guitars, I think it might be the silver burst that is my favorite. That's a cool looking one. But if you can, you can so, tell that like almost I don't two know. third. I, I'm, two I'm third of between the... the two and, and really, really debating. Can you, can you see that the scratch plate on the on the bass is actually smaller than on the guitar? Because like on the edges, there's there's much more space and much more body to be seen on the basses. Whereas yes. the, the guitars, it's like almost two third of the body is covered with, with the pickguard. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of pickguard going on. Yeah, maybe they 
Maybe they didn't have enough pit guard material for the base. Uh, but some specs <laughs> just for people that are interested. They've got uh, two fireball humbucking pickups on the guitar, 22 frets, 12-inch radius, an S1 switch so that you can switch between humbuckers and uh, split coils. They're coming in at $1,200, 1,000 euros, and about 850 pounds at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, the bass is also fireball bass humbucking pickups, 20 frets, 12-inch radius, a three-band active EQ with a toggle to switch between active or passive mode. Mm -hmm. So quite a lot of options on board. Yep. Um, also, I, I really, really dig them. And just a message, just a message to the people in the chat right now, I will be getting one to review on the channel. However, Fender have let me choose which color I want. So maybe you could help me choose which color we should have. So stick in the chat which color guitar you'd like to see and um, and see if it aligns with my choice. <laughs> Felipe, what do you think of the Meteora series? Any opinions? Uh, I think it's cool. It's a little weird, uh, which I kind of like it. Uh, I like the bass better than the guitars as well. Uh, if I were to pick between one or the other. Uh, and I do like the Silver Burst one, I think, the most out of them all. Uh, I like a lot of, like, the, the. I mean, I guess that's not so so recent, but the Noventa, like, the the new, like, the, those lines that they had uh, recently, mm -hmm. that had, like, the P90, like, Telecaster, I love those. And I love the, what were, was the one that they did, uh, the 12 string, what was the name of that line that they did, a uh, uh, Defender 12, and the they Maverick. did all this, like, uh, yeah, no, but they uh, did a whole line that was called like, some psychedelic name, like some whatever the hell was. Uh, I really liked all of those uh, in that line. Uh, this mm, one, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I got to see it in front of me. I, I, I love Firebirds. I played through a long time. Like in my life, I loved offset guitars. And like for a long time, I used to tour with Firebirds. Uh, back in the day, I used to be sponsored by ESP. And I used to have their, uh, they have like the Phoenix too. Mm -hmm. uh, and I used to tour playing those guitars and I really like playing those like big body guitars. So this one's cool. I don't know, I'm going to check it out in front of, you know, actually play it. Yeah. If yeah. You, I mean, Philippe, you've, you've got to try that. If you were to pick one, would you, would you go for the, um, would you go for the Maple fretboard version or the, or the Palfero? But I would go for the that silver burst there that I just saw. Which one? Of, okay, so maple uh, maple fretboard silver burst yeah. finish. Yeah, that's yeah, the maple. Yeah. One. I I like more usually you know the dark scale like personally, uh, but in this case I don't love the other colors. Mm. I'm torn. I, I can tell you that I would not one. want the blue one. That's all I can say. I I, I yeah. I, I, I wish I, the other I, three I really like the blue one as the one at least. I dislike blue, like anything that's like real blue, like bright blue, like I, I like like sea, like uh, baby blue vibes that, that I like, but like whenever it's like blue, I, I cannot, I don't have anything that's like that. Mm -hmm. Let's have a look at the chat. Uh, Lucas says that um, maple is better than Palfero. Uh What else? We've got, uh, Poonin just says it was the Paranormal series. So yeah, it was the Paranormal series. Yeah, two, Paranormal I series, yeah. Um, yeah, those are really cool too. Guitar Ruckus says green and the two-tone blue. 50% right. Uh, 
Mikhail, hello, Mikhail says always silver burst. Yeah, I think that silver burst is, uh, it's what Fender call the hero color. So it's the one they're trying to use to promote the range. And um, it is the one that I think will uh, will be the one that will end up on the channel. I don't know. I really is that the know. official term, the hero color? I like that a lot. That is the official Fender term. They call it the hero the color. Hero they say, Andy, color. you can choose any color, but this is the hero color. And if you're All listening, right. Fender, hello. Thank you for the conversation we had earlier. Enjoyed it. Hope you're doing well. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so, so that's my pick of the week. Dan, are you ready with yours? Absolutely. Okay. So, can you show the pick of the week? Please? I missed it. I missed it too. Missed it's a, it so it's a great tune. It's a great tune. I still I still don't have it on my on my phone as a ringtone yet. I'll, I'll send it to you as a ringtone. Sorry. All right. It's going to be right. ninety nine cents. <laughs> hey, corrected for inflation, it might be one euro five now, right? You can have it for a liter of fuel. How's that? Oh wow, you're expensive. Oh. Come on, you're ripping me off, dude. You know. I'm a musician. I need to get paid somehow. <laughs> All right, Dan, what's your have? pick of the week? My pick of the week is a, and this ties in quite nicely with what Felipe just said with uh, ESP, the company that used to endorse him, oh, cool. and it's called the ESP Nosferatu Limited. Oh. And this is a super, super limited edition version um, celebrating the 100th anniversary of uh, the Nosferatu movie which I think came to cinemas in 1922. And wow. uh, what, what makes that so interesting, and I'm really digging the technique, is that the actual image is not painted on the guitar. Um, they they uh, use a technique that's called pyrographing. So they kind of burn it into the wood. You know, and, and depending on how how much you know heat they apply, you get different shades of, of brown and black. And that kind of creates that amazing image. So, what from what I understood is that every single piece is uh, is unique. So it's it's hand burned, is that a way, or pyrographed? Mm -hmm. um, and also, what I, what I like about it, it's a, a super cool take on a modern kind of Les Paul because it's got a super comfy neck joint. Um, it's got modern pickups. I think it's also got um, stainless steel frets, and uh, yeah, Jessica stainless steel frets. Uh, a chambered body to be extra lightweight, a lot of contours going on. So that's, you know, pretty much a, a modern Les Paul that you could easily take on stage. However, and that's the hook, only 15 of these are being made. And from what I could uh, tell is that uh, they retail for around 15K, which, which puts it far, far, far out of reach for every, you know, mere mortal. So, yeah. Unfortunately, those will just, you know, collect dust in some sorts of, uh, um, you know, closets or you know, <laughs> museums. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, yeah. Did you see the, the back plate on it? Um, Sarang's just pointed this out in the chat. It looks like a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Sarang, you have eagle eyes, my friend. Um, yeah. I didn't notice that at all. I just stole your idea from the, from the chat. But yeah, it, it again, if you're listening to the audio version, check out the Instagram and, of course, ESP stuff. But that is a 
brilliant looking guitar. I really, mm. really like that. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's um, not the first. It's not the first guitar with the, that kind of pyrograph uh, technique. They they already released a, a whole series with you know M1 models and uh, what was the snappers and and they had some some weird designs, the Great Wave and some birds and, and skulls on the body. And you know I like the technique, but they never really appealed to me. But that Nosferatu design is something that I could totally see hanging on a wall of a horror movie fan. Uh, so yeah, I wonder how many Kirk Hammett did already order. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say he definitely has one. <laughs> Maybe it was a custom one. You never know. I, I hope he <laughs> plays one of those live. That would be great. I mean, he's already playing the the greenies, so he doesn't mind playing expensive guitars live. Yeah, that's right. I'd like to see that used on stage, and and also for for uh, Ryan from Sixty Cycle Hum, the artwork is around the correct way. So it's as you play it, you can see the artwork rather than when you hang it and it's the artwork's like that. Yeah. So that pleases me also. Mm -hmm. yep. All right. Well, you've got a really expensive pick this week, Dan. Um, I've got I, I feel that taste. Um, a very expensive wife. taste. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I am so curious to know what our guest's pick of the week is. Felipe, would you please right, fill us in? Sweet. What is your gear choice uh, of the last seven days? I guess I have to choose a pedal, right? Uh, just, Why not? just because that's. Uh, I really like the. I haven't played yet, but I've seen a lot of videos online, and, and I love those guys. Uh, the Cataling Bread, the Many Worlds, the Phaser. It's a phaser with a lot of like waveforms and like all craziness. Yeah. Like. Uh, I saw a lot of videos of a lot of, you know, you guys, YouTubers, and a lot of people playing. I haven't played one, but it seems like a really, really cool pedal. And I really like that brand. So that was I'm, my I'm just trying to get a, a photo for it? the people Have in the video. Right. Yeah, I love the artwork on it. Um, it's absolutely Have beautiful. Have you played one yet, Andy? Did you, did, you, did you get one? Or? No, I didn't get one. I don't currently work with Catalin Bread. Um, if they're watching, listening, hello, send me a pedal, oh, please. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'll, I'll make a nice <laughs> video for you. I'm just That's trying to get no, the It seems but, like uh, a really cool phaser, different. I guess it has yeah. some like envelope options as well and stuff like that. And I like envelope phaser so, in general. I actually just got one the other week, which is somewhere around here for a bass rig I'm putting together. Yeah. A bass rig, cool. Do you, you play bass as well? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I mean, I, I still, me and my brother, we do a lot of sessions and stuff. And I have played bass and bands before, but I play mainly, you know, on our own stuff whenever recording and like doing sessions and things like yeah. that. Even though for most sessions we've been doing, we do bass using samples and stuff. But, you know, a lot of, I, I love bass. <laughs> and I, I just want to, I just wanted to uh put together. I, I have so many pedal boards, like a lot of pedal boards, right? But they are never really put together, like, because I'm always fucking with stuff, and then I grab one, and then I take a pedal <laughs> off, and then suddenly I already took the power supply out, and then I don't have cables, and then I never get back to it. So I'm trying to really get organized here and have it in the studio a few that I'm, like, prohibited to really, like, mess with it. I don't know how how long that will last, but... Then I uh, want to put together one specifically just for bass. So, oh wow, okay, sounds like a good plan. Yeah, 
I found a picture for there. It's, it's fortunately yeah. it's covering you up, Felipe. All right. <laughs> the the many worlds from <laughs> cats and bread. Better than my hair. Um, I think it's around <laughs> it's around two hundred euros. Um, yeah. I think that's a great choice. I, I was curious as what it was going to be. I'd actually forgotten that pedal's released. Something seems to have happened. In I the also last have seven another days. another pick that I don't know if you guys are familiar with, and I guess it's like the most hated brand probably. Uh, but and I I mean it's not even really out. I guess I don't know. I just went in on Sweetwater and I saw it and I just bought it just because I was like, oh, why not? But Behringer is releasing the Biphaser. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen that online yes i've seen it yeah but it looks awesome it's not many places it doesn't really ch- i i don't know i tried finding info on it there's not much info at least there wasn't a few days ago whenever i bought it and then i saw they had it on sweetwater it's on like pre-order i guess they called me and said it's gonna ship like uh i don't know at the end of next month or something but i okay. just saw it and it's funny because i was talking to one of uh, my guys who work here with me on developing and and we that was one of the things that I mentioned to him. I was like, there is a gap in the market for that pedal because that pedal costs so much and Mutron makes it, but there's only a few reissues that cost also a lot of money. Uh, and I just told him it would be super cool. Like if somebody made something, at least with the same features, even if it wasn't like trying to fully copy the sound, but copying like the features and the characteristics uh, and we were discussing that, and then a couple of weeks later, I saw that I sent to him, and we left about it. I was just like, "All right, I'm glad I didn't jump onto that boat." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How how much is it retailing for, Felipe? I think it's like one fifty, one sixty, yep. yep. something like. It's cheap. I mean, not cheap, obviously, but it is cheap for you know if you consider. I I don't know how much a, an actual one costs, but it might be more than a grand to grand. I don't even know probably more than two grand you know so yeah if it sounds anything i like it and if That's... it has the features in it and i mean supposedly they, they did really copy uh i know a lot of people are not super happy with behringer copying all the synths and all the stuff but i see him it's hard to say about it but i have mixed feelings about it because at the same time i find it cool that people can actually have some pieces of gear like obviously you know obviously i love a mini mood you know an original one it costs 10 grand you know like not everybody's gonna go in and spend 10 grand on mm-hmm. it uh mm-hmm. so the poly d does get a lot of you know kids you know who are you know starting in who don't have you know you know a set career in it and cannot spend 10 grand to actually try what that feels like may not be exact like but you know at least mm-hmm. they I don't know. I guess it makes accessible, you know, for people and that part. Yeah. I, I truly like it. Yeah. I I agree with you. Uh, I mean, that's that's Behringer's raison d'être is to get things to people that couldn't normally afford it. I have like the Super Fuzz pedal, and it's phenomenal. I also have a Boss. SR2. I did buy that one. This this it's the just, other day they had. It's fantastic. They had the. Uh, it's actually. Yay. Yeah, the other day I was, I think it was like uh, some holiday, a couple of holidays. I, I haven't even tried, to be honest. It's been in the box there. It just sat here. I bought it because it was $18, and I cannot believe that for $18 somebody can actually make a pedal, send to another store, another store can sell a pedal. <laughs> a shipping company can actually ship to me, and it all costed $18. That's the part that really worries me because 
is on a chain or like something is happening because how did it get to my house for eighteen dollars is pretty crazy. I guess they can do somehow, you know. That's, I have that's, no idea, but that's it's a lot of fun for eighteen dollars. I'll give you that. It's one of it's that's the best eighteen dollars yeah, yeah, you could spend yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, Felipe, you have to choose only one of those two things. So, is it going to be the Beringer or is it going to be the Catalan bread? Which one's it going to be? What? Oh no, it's going to be the Catalan bread for bread for sure. I wanna, I, I wanna try that okay. thing for sure. We're going to play a game called Buy, Borrow, or Burn, where we have okay. three picks, Dan's pick, your pick, and my pick, and we have to buy one, we have to borrow one, and we have to burn one. So there are three things. You have to make a choice on buying one, borrowing one, or burning one. You don't actually have to go and buy it. You know, it's just a game. But out of those three things, the Meteora base I'm going to go with. Uh, Dan's got the ESP Nosferatu. And you've got the Catalan bread phaser. Um, we're also going to go to the live chat and see what people in the live chat would do. Um, <laughs> let's play the little jingle and come back and see who's going to get by, borrow, or burned. Buy, borrow, or burn. <laughs> right, Dan's, vis Dan's vanished again. Where are you going? Why do you two keep leaving today? Right. Um, we go to the to the chat. We've got Guitar Ruckus will buy the Meteora, borrow the Catalan brand and burn the ESP because they couldn't justify paying that much with it not being a vintage guitar. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Anybody else for any more in the buy, borrow, burn of the chat? Pooh Ninja. Hey, Pooh. Buy the many worlds, borrow the meteora, and burn the vampire in the sunlight. I like, I like. Um, then we've got Studio Camille. Oh, buy the phaser, borrow Andy Silverburst bass, and burn the ESP for the heck of it. Lucas from Alan M Guitar is going to buy the meteora, borrow the ESP, and burn the pedal. Ouch. Okay. Who wants to go first, chaps? Who wants to admit what they buy, borrow, or burn? Mm. Let's let's do it vice versa. Let's let's uh, have Philippe. Philippe, okay. uh, guess. Uh, guess. I, I, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll go. Uh, I don't know if I can say that because if my burn option is the was the ESP, that can become a problem. Uh, <laughs> that I can. It's just say a that. game. It's only uh, at a game. The same time, at the same time, paying 15 grand for the guitar would be rough. Uh, <laughs> but I think my game would be I would borrow your Fender because you're already getting one. So I'll borrow yours. I'll buy the pedal uh, and I'll burn the ESP, unfortunately. <laughs> oh my gosh. Poor ESP. But that's, yeah. Maybe that's you're how they discovered the pyrographing by burning the guitars. Exactly. Yeah. It is already burned. We, we just finished it. Just finished the job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just looking through the chat to see if anyone would actually not burn the ESP. <laughs> because so far I'm reading the chat and everybody is burning the ESP. Um, 
Sarang says mm. he'd buy the Meteora but only pay 750 bucks for it. That's not part of the game, Sarang. You can't <laughs> add your own stipulations in there. It's not eBay. Um, borrow I, the kettle wonder, and bread. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I wonder how, how that looks like. Like Sarang's going into the music store and he sees the Meteora on the wall with a 999 price tag. And he goes like, I'm buying that guitar for 750 You understand? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be pretty convincing, right? <laughs> True. I, I mean, he seems too nice a chap to be able to do that, but maybe there's a darker side of him that we don't know. Uh, and he'd bury the ESP into the heart of a vampire. I'd, I'd be up for seeing that. Okay, I'm going to guess for Dan, and then Dan, I'd like you to guess for me, okay? Okay. okay. I think Dan would buy the ESP because he's absolutely loaded, he would borrow the Meteora and he'd burn the pedal. That's uh, a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. But you know, fifteen fifteen k is quite a lot for a guitar, so I, I would never be able to justify that. On the other hand, you know, the Meteora, while it looks pretty pretty nice, yeah, well. <laughs> why it looks why it looks pretty nice I, i'm still not sold on the Pauferro, so i would only have choices to go with the sunburst or the the silver burst and uh, yeah but i mean i could just still just borrow the silver burst from you so that's totally fine so spot on as long as i can borrow your esp that's fine by me you okay dan would you guess for me <laughs> my my friend Ah, <laughs> well, since you already are getting the Meteora in, I would say you'd probably buy it if you had to, because you're digging the looks and you want to try the sounds and you want to find out if the humbuckers are really bucking the hum. <laughs> and uh, you would probably borrow all the pedals that uh, Felipe has in his uh, in his selection, like the 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 phase and also. Uh, what was the other one? Yeah, correct. Behringer. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, I was talking about the face because that's that's pretty appealing. Um, but also the Catalin bread. I'm talking about that one, yeah. And because, uh, you know, it would give you just more options and uh, that's good. And probably uh, Philippe would add a couple of pedals that he's got on his workbench as well. A couple of prototypes or custom pedals. Never know. And you would definitely burn the ESP as well because you're, to my knowledge, no horror fan, and you wouldn't you wouldn't dare to spend 15k on a guitar, on one guitar, not on guitars in general. Well, maybe on a on a vintage Jazz Master, but not on a new ESP. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am quite a fan of the Nosferatu movie. Um, okay, but I think you got it right. So. You said a lot of things there. I'm not exactly sure what you said, but I think it was buy the Meteora, borrow the pedals, burn the ESP. Yeah, that's what I said. And if that's what you said, then you're correct, sir. If that's not All what right. you said, then that's what I heard. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. And I think that everybody's burning an ESP today, um, except the 15 lucky people that actually get to own one, and uh, I hope they don't. So, um, 
it is time, I guess, to talk to our guest and actually find out the intricate details of the Beehive and the Beatronics effects home and the future and um, basically find out what, what makes you tick, Felipe. So if anybody in the live chat has any questions, now is the time to type them in and we will save them and ask him in a moment. If you don't have any questions, then just join in the fun and, um, and we've got some questions lined up already. So, Felipe, welcome right, to the show again. Um, I know you must be really busy. There's so much going on behind you. I hope you, um, I hope you uh, are not being dragged off from actually doing work to talk to us too. And uh, no, I'm actually. I have, a, I have more important work, which I'm being a little dragged off, which is not a problem. But uh, I just had a kid on Friday. Uh, my second son was born last Friday, so oh, congratulations! Uh, I was actually, not gonna be. I was actually not going to be at the hive today and I stopped by in the morning because we have a, a new product that we're working on and some stuff came in and I, and I came to check it out. And then, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to do it from here just because I'm here. So, but yeah, I have a new, newborn baby at home. So, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. So it's the second you, yeah. you said. That's exciting. My second son. Right. Right. Amazing. And what is the age difference between your two? How old is the first one? Uh, my youngest one is three now. All right. My, my oldest okay. one is three now. So okay. my, my, my youngest one just born. Okay. <laughs> three days now, actually. <laughs> nice. Yeah, people in the chat sending you congratulations. Of course, it is. Thank you. It's probably almost a better job than making fuzz pedals. I, I'm not sure which, you know. It is, it is, it is. Being a dad, been... fuzz pedals. It's, it's a tough choice for me, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. really great news. And it's, um, I didn't know. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm I, I probably should have done Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I mean, I, but, I didn't. Uh, yeah, whenever, welcome. Whenever we actually booked, Thank you, Dad. Whenever we actually booked, I thought about it and I even commented here with Tato and, and I was saying I hope it you know it doesn't happen on kind of the same day or the day before you know because you know you never know when it's going to happen so uh, yeah. but yeah it did happen last Friday so cool that's well, the best thing in the world uh, actually, so. uh, Mario from Face I mean, Distribution is, actually told me you were expecting so I should have remembered uh, cool. yeah last time like my my my, my other son uh he was born like six days before nan so that was a crazy timing you know because you know you know how it is now so that was a crazy time i was literally i, I was driving because i live in in sherman oaks right here in, in, in la uh and it's like about an hour drive depend with no traffic like maybe an hour and a half to two hours if you're going to anaheim with traffic uh so i was driving back then um here every night to come home because we usually you know get hotels or like rent a spot there uh but that, oh. that year i was driving back home just to be with my kid at least you know oh. for the end of the day you know yeah, yeah so i'm super yeah. happy that i'm changing oh, wow. it's changing dates because <laughs> no, it's not around my son's birthday anymore yeah uh, <laughs> That's oh. good. I mean, you can always take him with you. I'm sure he'd enjoy that, being three years old and let loose on a, yeah. a massive guitar and audio shop. He went. He went. He went on. Yeah. The year well, that's later, brilliant like news. When, when he was on year old. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. 
cool. Well, so means, um, means even more yeah, so people are, are writing their questions in the chat. It does. So I'm, ha I'm now having some lagging issues. So I'm sorry if I'm talking of you. Yeah, really, you but, had um, there is some, some lag going on this evening. Yeah. Um, so, Felipe, Vtronics Effects, I have to say that it is a huge honor to have you here because I have played Thank every you, pedal friend. you've released so far, and I've loved every pedal you've released so far. Um, Thank you, man. I am a massive fuzz pedal fan. And every time I hear the word Beatronics, I think of fuzz and I think of all the fun that you can have with the Beatronics pedal because there are some fuzz pedals that you can genuinely use in a musical sense. And there are some fuzz pedals that you can use in a musical sense, but also you cannot use in a musical sense, such as the Swarm, which is an yeah. absolute monster of a fuzz pedal. And I've been in a room of guitar players all trying to figure out how to use it. It's insane. So if <laughs> anyone crazy. doesn't know what Beatronics Effects is, you can just imagine the craziest, most beautiful built pedals um, that are fuzzy. And I have one here with me, Felipe. This is the one that you made Sweet. for me with, with the oh, geek yeah. on it. This is the Vespa. That was um, so, and I can't get too close to the camera because it'll go out of focus. But one of the things about your pedals is the fact that they're beautiful on the inside as well as the outside and That's i want to cool, know yeah. has that been like a has that always been a, a thing for Beatronics, or is that something fairly new or was yeah, that from yes, the beginning from, from, yeah from the from the start i mean whenever i like how i said like i didn't really start making them for for selling at all you know uh but my wife she's an architect and i like I'm one of those people who really like building stuff from from always before I built pedals. Like if you say, oh, let's build a table, it'll be like, oh yeah, let's make a table, you know, like that kind of stuff. There's people who are not into that. <laughs> I'm one of those people who'll be like, yeah, let's do it, you know. Uh, so whenever I started making the pedals, I really wanted to go, you know, I really went a little deeper into it in the sense of like, all right, I'm going to make these, like I, I don't want to use those Hammond boxes. I'm going to make my own boxes. So me and my wife, we came up with designs for the boxes and like and even the logo for Bitronix it was before Bitronix was to be a brand you know like I have this friends in Brazil super talented uh Lee uh who you know he's like a art director for like agencies and stuff and and at one one of my trips down in Brazil I, I was making the pedals and stuff and I was just like hey dude can I drop by so just so we create a logo for like for this pedals that I make but it we were literally not thinking of selling it. And then whenever I started making PCBs, that was the same thing, you know. And we still up until today make like the, the Octahive and the Overhive, uh, the Octahive, which we discontinue. But up until the end, we were making it with the same exact PCBs that I was making from, from the beginning. Uh, okay. And I'll tell you that they are not super... Uh, assembly friendly if we put it that way you know like if i were to think oh let's make it a business I, like that's not like the easiest way to build those you know those things uh, and up until today we we still build them the same way uh but i was at the time i didn't think i was gonna make thousands of them you know and if i if i were to think back then i would like nowadays we make them still you know in the shape but i have more uh 
I have also a mindset of, all right, we're going to have to build a lot of these. So, you know, I, I create ways and I've been learning also in the meantime. But yeah, but yeah it was more of a fun thing. Uh, more to say, like, you know, the very first ones, like they have a lot of wiring, a lot of like sub-assemblies and little things here that you need to like first go in and work on all the sub-assemblies. Like a lot of stuff that's really time consuming, you know, that if I was to ever like make a V2, I'd probably making a way where we can optimize those things, but it's also the cool thing because we actually, you know, have to do it, you know, and mm. it is. So it, it was, it was something that we did. Uh, I was doing it for fun and I was just like, why not? You know, if we can do it, if we can make them, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't do the PCB design. I always had, you know, friends and people nowadays we have, uh, one of the guys that work on our development, uh, that does them. Uh, but I, I'm always into art, you know, I love art and stuff and I love all that. And then the first PCB I went to do with this friend, I was like, is it possible? Like, can, can it do it? Like, wh- what are our limitations? And <laughs> I figured out that there's, there, there are a few limitations, but there are not many, you know, it just becomes a lot harder to build in, in a lot of ways, depending on how we're doing it, putting it on a rack or this. So you need to, there's a lot of like details to it. Uh, but I was like, why not? You know, if we can make it look cool, like why am I gonna make it look boring? You know, so Yeah. That was that was actually a question that, that popped up in my mind was. when when Andy asked that you would go on the show that how much like in, in terms of percentages, how much how much of extra work is to, to create those kind of intric uh, intricacies? Yeah. I mean it's not it's not too much I mean after the, the, the PCB design is done, it's done, you know, it goes, you know, the factory makes it you know, that shape. So the shapes become a little harder, like that way, like nowadays we do with a frame. So whenever you're assembling, you put it in a rack because, you know, a B-shaped one, like it doesn't sit well on a rack and then you put it and it bounces because it doesn't have two like straight lines yeah. for you to actually put it on a rack. All those details. Uh, while you're building nowadays, we've been working on some really crazy, like, like out we'll probably get into those subjects later, but we're working on some really, really crazy pedals, like the new stuff that we have coming out. Like if you guys think this one is crazy, like get ready. Cause it's like, it's really nuts. Uh, but then we are having a lot more, uh, we're having to go a lot like uh, back and forth into those parts because the circuits are a lot bigger. Uh, okay. So in, in order to make stuff fit, we need to, We've been, we work with artists, so we do the drawing, do all the design, but then we need to some time comes back and adapt and say, no, certain things are not fitting. We're going to have to add a little melting honey here so we have an extra space for an extra, you know, IC that we cannot fit there. And, and we kind of have some times to go a little back and forth. But uh, okay. overall, you know, I, I, I kind of, I never done another, you know, I never done a square board. So... <laughs> that's all I know what to do. I literally never done one. So uh. <laughs> you started right away with the uh, high difficulty. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's good to hear someone coming from the. It's good to hear someone coming from the art and and truly making something as a piece of art as well as a, a sonic piece of art, rather than yeah. if we cut it like this, it'll be ten dollars cheaper or something like that. It's and also your, yeah. your pedals are not that more much more expensive or indeed any more expensive than what we would call a regular star pedal. So no, no, yeah, I mean you're doing something. I mean I don't think that adds like a, I I know it. 
I, I should probably keep the folktale like going, oh yeah, it's way more, no, it's not more expensive to make the shape, you know, unique or like different, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to cut. It may take you a little more headache of like going back and forth. There is a few details like those, those softwares where they design, you know, PCBs, they're almost like a CAD, like, you know, those like architecture drawing, like things. So whenever you have to draw like intricate shapes, it becomes a little harder. And sometimes they need to go in by hand and actually redraw the whole outline of the board. And there is some, you know, some things like that, that take a little more time, but it's not, uh, it's just more, you know, the whole part of, uh, just putting it all together, you know, actually, you know, working, you know, with making an artwork, you know, and doing all that and getting in and figuring out, you know, uh, it would be a lot, I'll, I'll say that that way. It would be a lot easier for me if I had it, you know, like I see even, you know, on, on the whole, you know, how most brands, they have the same, like, oh, it's always three knobs on the same position and they always okay. go the same way and the foot switch always goes on the same if you look at our pedals, none of them are like that, which is almost like a a dumb thing in a sense because it becomes a lot yeah. more work that every time we need to go through all that. But then at the same time, <laughs> I like it, you know, like I, I wouldn't, you know, I I like it things to be different. And most of the times I started by saying, I, I start telling everyone, I'm like, no, we're going to just make, you know, like the same as the Vespa was or something like that. And then we're, in the middle of the way, I'm going to be like, yeah, but we're going to do this, but we're going to add that. But then, and then suddenly it has nothing to do anymore and I have moved everything around. Uh, anyways, well, that's the fun part, you know. Yeah. We are, it's we really are clear, Felipe, that you're very, process. very passionate about what you do. Um, it's, it's really clear that you're excited. Yeah, no, I, I like it, you know, like that's the part that I like the most to be, I mean, I, I like the whole developing thing, you know. I don't, if you, I, I guess nobody really loves that, or maybe some people do. Like, I like building stuff. I like sitting down to build. A lot of days I come here and I have a lot of stuff to do, and I'm like, oh, I just want to sit down and actually stay building stuff because it's kind of like therapeutic. Like, like I, my mind goes somewhere else, and I just keep, sometimes I don't want to have to deal with people or talk or do anything. I'd rather just, like, put some music on and stay building something. Uh, these days I don't really build much, you know, we have more people here doing building and I've been working more on developing and that's kind of the cool part. Really. Nobody really likes say, Oh, let me build a thousand of this thing. Let me sit here for like three months building a thousand of these, you know, <laughs> like, like it's fun to build one for my board. It's fun to build 10 for me to give it to my friends. But you know, uh, the cool parts, actually the first ones like getting it. And whenever we get the first one to fire up and work, I'm like, fuck yeah, you know, like we, we got something cool. That That's kind of why I came in today and yesterday as well, because we actually got one of our, one of our final prototypes going. So I, I was like, I need to come down and, and see it and, and feel it, you know. Cool. Felipe, um, you, you said earlier on that while, while you were um, still with the band, you were already starting, you know, tinkering with effects and building your own pedals. Did you have, during certain periods some sort of mentorship some sort of people that taught you more about effects that gave you, you know a deeper rundown on how you know everything is related pcb boards and capacitors and, and yeah. all the parts that go in those pedals like what were the people that kind of influenced you and gave you the knowledge to kind of be able to actually yeah. you know pull that off what do you do nowadays i mean 
first YouTube, you know, and internet and like, you know, forums and all that, that's like kind of the most probably helpful thing to, to be fully mm -hmm. honest. But what happened is like this, at the label uh, we're in, they, 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 use, they own NRG recording, right? Uh, NRG is a really, really like insane recording studio here in North Hollywood. Like they probably like top five in the world. Like it's amazing, right? And at NRG, they have three rooms, like two rooms have Neves, one used to have an SSL or whatever. So they always had a house stack, right? Fixing the gear because gear is breaking. You know, you have a studio that big with that much gear. There's always something breaking every day. And they had a house stack always doing that. And whenever okay. we got to record our first record there, uh, I started discussing that with my brother because at that point, I still thought that I was going to go back to Brazil and we're still going to have studios in Brazil. I think at that time, we still had a studio in Brazil because our partner was still running for a few months while we were here until we actually decided we were staying and stuff. Uh, and one of my thoughts were like, in Brazil, things are really hard to get uh, repairs, you know, like especially 12 years ago and 15, 20 years ago, you know, uh, was even harder. Uh, but we don't have, you know, it's not like... A, in Brazil are harder in general. Let's say, you know, we don't have Amazon that will deliver the prime that, you know, oh, I need more solder and the solder arrives at your door, you know, like that kind of stuff don't, don't <laughs> exist there, you know, like yeah. uh, in that way yet, you know, people, even a few years ago, people are not at all used <laughs> to buying online. So you don't have resources and there's very limited resources for you to, you know, to go to places and just buy. Oh, I need to replace a capacitor. Oh, where do they sell an actual same capacitor that I need for the Zamp or whatever, you know. It's not that mm -hmm. easy. And then the guys that do repair, and there are a few great guys there that do repair, they're always super busy, you know. Like I, I say about this story, like the first time I played a Rhodes piano, I borrowed this Rhodes piano from a friend. Uh, his dad was like a big time, like a uh, key player for like this, like super famous Brazilian singer, Roberto Carlos, who is like, a legend in Brazil, and his dad was the only person that I knew that had a Rhodes, right? And I had never heard a Rhodes or played one in front of me, right? And and we were doing this this video shoot, and I was like, "Hey, can I can we go in and like steal that that Rhodes that's sitting at because the Rhodes was sitting at his house, right? This friend's house, but his dad would never go there, show up there. I was like, "Can I steal the Rhodes just like for the shooting one day? We take it, we, you know, we bring it back, you know, like our dad won't know that we took." And the guy let me take it, you know. Uh, and we went and we sound checked everything. And I, I went down at the time I used to smoke. And I went down for a smoke and I came back and I was like, who turned the amp off? I'm like, nobody. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know. And the burn, <laughs> like we burned the amp. I don't know how. And uh. that thing never got fixed. It never got fixed, you know, because we tried calling so many places and guys, you know, repair guys, they're like, dude, you ain't bringing a road zamp. Like if nobody's seen a ramp, you know, this is the size of a road zamp. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like the size yeah. of, you know, like a two, two, twelve, two, like four twelves almost like one next to each other, <laughs> you know, size wise. So yeah. nobody wanted to take it and it never got repaired, you know, and I felt super bad, you know? So anyways, we always ran into those problems at our studio where it was like shit was breaking and we didn't know how to fix it and we didn't have nobody to fix. And and at the studio here in, at NRG, they had Wade who used to fix everything. And insane guy, like great, you know, uh, technician, also great uh, sound engineer. 
But I started asking him some stuff. I was like, all right, a good entry point for me to learn how to fix stuff is guitar pedal kits. You know, I can start kind of figuring out a little bit of electronics. And and I never really got into repairing stuff at the end of it. Oh, I, I actually hate repairing stuff. And if you tell me, oh, do you want to repair something? No, I don't. I'll never want to repair anything. I hate doing it. In fact, that's why I was saying I have a few amps that need tubes and a few, like, it ended up taking a turn where I, I just stuck to making pedals myself. But, but yeah, that was kind of how I got it. And then back in, whenever I was very starting, yeah. I used to ask a lot, you know, damn, like, about, like, hey, how a foot switch works, you know, how this toggle switch works, you know, how this, you know, stuff. They were more towards, you know, audio gear, like, uh, less more into guitar or pedals and, like, so certain specific things were not their 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 thing, but then it was that and kits, you know, and online and kind of like a, pretty much YouTube and screwing a lot of things up, you know, pretty much like doing a lot of wrong stuff until you get it right, you know, hmm. kind of like that. Up until today, uh, I'm not a guy who went for like a you know uh, electrical engineering college or nothing like that, but my I guess my biggest uh, asset nowadays is that I have a pretty good understanding on how things work mm -hmm. and I have a pretty good background musically and I'm constantly here, you know, in LA and a lot of sessions, like my brother, he, he engineers for like all this, like major artists, like he, he won a couple of Grammys with Beyonce, like he works like with a lot of like pop, like and big stuff. And I get to work with a lot of musicians that I, I got to really try stuff on like and and you know have a really good feedback and 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 you know I kind of know what what I feel like it would work and usually if it works for me I kind of just go by that I'm like if it works for me maybe it will work for other people at the very end of it all I kind of care less much you know and I'm I'm just like if I like it if it works for me then I'm I'm good you know and that's kind of how I go <laughs> So I work nowadays a lot of on developing, on developing pedals, on, on doing all that. And a lot of mm -hmm. like the concepts, a lot of like the going back and forth on how things should work on how, like a lot of that. I have another guy that works with me that works a lot on the more technical part of a lot of stuff. But a, a lot of what I do is back and forth with him on like, no, this should be that way. This should go this way. This should sound like this. And, you know, we just keep on like trading ideas a lot, you know, so. Cool. That's kind of how I go about it. I don't know how massive the lag currently is with Andy. Are you still with us, Andy? Because you're potato quality at the moment. Yeah, he is a, a weird quality. I'm, I'm definitely still here. I can hear you well. I can see you well. Uh, hopefully, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> so... If I'm still here, I'd love to ask about the branding and the idea of the name Beatronics Effects and the B yeah. aspect, because like, I remember the very first day I I saw Beatronics Effects, it was like, who the hell are these guys? Because they've nailed this like almost Comic-Con sort of costumes and like a Beatronics <laughs> universe. So was that, yeah. was that a... a from the beginning or did that develop and, and if so then how uh that was kind of from the beginning as well like my nickname in brazil uh is abelha uh which it means b you know uh 
for absolutely no reason is one of those nicknames that like you know make absolutely no sense was like words that when merging and becoming something else and <coughs> it turns out to be abelia you know my my nickname uh, mm-hmm. so whenever i started making the pedals i used to write like abelatronics in the pedals like btronics in portuguese right like abelatronics uh just like you know just ah. have, thinking it's funny you know and and then whenever we went on to making a logo and all that we're just like all right let's go and then and then i was just like ah, i better be btronics abelatronics was kind of big and wouldn't fit and i kind of wanted to make it look uh a bit like the Telefunken vibe, you know, I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, it has to look a little bit like, like Telefunken, you know, like I, I really like vintage gear you know, and all that. So it wouldn't fit if it was a billion, you know, like all that, you know, that big. So we made it into Btronics, but it was still for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then once we actually became a brand, you know, there is so much about it that we'd kind of just have fun with it. Like our first, like our first NAM show, you know, I had been to NAM like probably I don't know seven, eight times before we actually went to uh, to NAM as like exhibitor. Uh, so I knew what it was NAM about and what it was to be, you know, on the other side. Uh, but we had never done, you know, like as an exhibitor. So that was exactly our thought. It was just like, all right, for us it's gonna be Comic Con, you know. We just go in like nobody knows who we are. <laughs> we better make, you know, make an appearance, you know, make sure you know people see who we are you know and it actually worked really well like our first year at nam like like it was insane like the the you know the response that we got you know and and business wise it really like the business started right there you know like we got a lot of dealers we got a lot of people interested and okay. and we kind of just kept developing you know it and like we we have fun it kind of became like those things you know the masks all that we have some friends uh that makes uh costumes for movies and stuff like that so we're like can you make a bee mask and by now we have a ton of bee masks uh how i mentioned as well i like building stuff so you know uh whenever nam came around we're just like what we're gonna do oh let's build this crazy thing build all these hives build all these things you know we're actually at that mood right now because we're about to hit nam again right and i kind of already got into that mood uh a little bit lighter, maybe on that mood, just because of the baby still. But we'll we'll be full on full speed, you know, on them in a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> we just kept doing it, you know. And the guys that work here also like to have fun with it. We just keep on having fun with it, you know. Why not? Uh, yeah. It wasn't fully. Uh, we didn't really strategically thought about it. Like actually, oh. I mean, I, I I won't even mention her this, but recently I saw a brand coming up with a lot of that stuff, like and and it has like they they released this thing. It's not it's not a pedal brand, nothing like that, but and a lot of this stuff is almost like copied like of what we do. And I was just like, <laughs> but it's, it kind of sounded lame to me because it wasn't natural. You could see that somebody was like trying to make that to sell, and we never really done it in that way. We always just done it like. This would be funny, you know, let's do it, you know, like people are going to, you know, find this funny and mainly, you know, just like, you know, creating an environment where it's like, you know, it's fun, you know, like, it's like, all right, this is funny. This is cool. Like, will this help us or anything? I don't know. I don't care. You know, like, let's do it. How we done every year, you know, for now, like last 
I think was last night we built that studio thing and we built this like fake recording studio. We put this like TV on the back as if the bees were playing inside the studio and <laughs> we just did it for fun, you know, like it's kind of like, all right, let's, it would be fun to do it. Does it make sense? I don't know, but I also don't care, you know, the good parts that, you know, <laughs> we we made this brand and it makes enough, you know, for us to actually do whatever the hell we want to do. Let's just do it, you know, why not? You know, what difference does it make, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it <laughs> goes, you know? Amazing, amazing. So when someone asks you what your occupation is, you can uh, legit legitimately say you are the beekeeper. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I guess. <laughs> with, with uh, it's funny because I, I go to places like I have a neck tattoo that has a bee, right? And I, I'm, we have this, this masks from Beatronics and a lot of places I go. I forget that I'm wearing this mask that has the Beatronics <laughs> thing in here. And then I also have a pretty big neck tattoo with a bee, right? I was coming out of the hospital the other day with my baby in my hand and this nurse that was helping us, she was like, what's with the bee thing? You know, like, like it happens a lot. Like I'm, a, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I almost look at people with that face. How do you know? But then I remember that, you know, it's right <laughs> on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Good. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm I'm back there. I hope I'm back. I'm, I hope I'm not potato quality anymore. Yeah. I've just checked some settings. Um, it's I I love talking to people Dan that are so passionate and so excited about what they do. Even though Felipe, you've been clearly been doing this a long time. It's really clear that you still love what you do and you're still super into it and you're still super nerdy and, and yeah, it's it's just brilliant to share a screen with someone who loves what they do thank you thank you Harry. no it really means a lot i try you know i try to have fun you know obviously you know work is still work you know we have a brand and there's a lot of things which i really like doing it like especially business parts of things like i'm not i'm not that guy you know like i'm a guy that's why i always just play guitar and then that kind of stuff you know but at the same time i try to focus on the good parts you know of, of doing it you know that's i guess hard to get a b right i think i think we're all lucky enough to be able to do that yeah absolutely um, it, one of the things i wanted to... to talk to you about was the sorry dan please nope go ahead please no i, I was going to change gears so it seems like you have a related question so let's go with that yeah, I, would, I just want to quickly uh, jump in and ask you, is it is it kind of hard? Because you are a very enthusiastic guy and you are like geek level 100 when it comes to pedals and, and all the all the bits and pieces. Uh, was it as a company, when you grew as a company and you needed to, to put on staff, was it, was it hard to find people that were equally into the whole pedal world and equally enthusiastic about that? Uh I guess it is hard in a sense to find, you know, like to find people in general, especially nowadays, uh, you know, it's been hard, you know, like, uh, but everything happened naturally with me, you know, the people that work with us, it, it happened, you know, first, like my brother and my family used to work with me, you know, a lot more and the brand. Uh, nowadays we have Tato, we have Lucas, we have Blaine, Aurelia, all these people who are like for, uh, somehow in my it was not like we put up an ad and said hey we need somebody and like these people showed up it was people that actually through life uh things happen you know like we, we were talking about this the other day me and tato like 
uh, I know Tato, for example, from Brazil, you know, like he's one of our, you know, our main guys here at, you know, at B and like, and I know him from Brazil. He used to play in a band with my younger brother. And one night we were literally at, at this, like the, this brewery in downtown. And he, he was there and he had just like quit the job that he was in. And I, I was like on a move, like my first son was about to be born, I think. Uh, something like that. And then, and I was like, dude, I really need some help there, you know, with the pedals and stuff. And he'd be like, dude, I would be down. But if it wasn't for that night, us getting drunk there, you know, maybe it would never happen. You know, it's just one of those things in life that, you know, that sometimes, yeah. you know, the, the right time and things happen like that. And that's how it's been for, for all of us here, you know, like we're kind of like, a, uh, we're, we are like grow, growing a lot. Uh, and in the past few months, we have been trying to hire more people uh, for here. It has not been super easy to find people, uh, uh, but we will. Uh, so, yeah, kind of. How many people? Now. How many people are with the company at the moment? Uh, it's about seven people that work here uh, at okay. the warehouse. There's one guy that works from Brazil. Uh, there's a guy, another guy that does some other work from like Netherlands. And there's a lot of like also freelancers, people that are like, uh, like that are really connected to the brand. Like one of the guys that does our, our artwork, Karamuru, I would say that he is part of the brand pretty much because he works with us, uh, you know, and we had people from overseas, like we, end up hiring like for example our old guy that used to do like uh marketing online marketing and all that is from brazil and he has to work from brazil just because you know same thing like connections and people that we know and that kind of stuff yeah cool okay well one of the things that you guys do which apparently is big in the us and not so big over here in europe is custom paint jobs for pedals and like like limited runs of the same circuit but different looks um, and i've got some that i was sent and i'm gonna i'm gonna show hopefully this works from my potato computer um but there we've got the swarm um i'm not sure what this finish is called but it's a That's green and lova. purple it reminds me of the incredible hulk lova yeah, yeah and there's the whole lova. range yeah, that's um, a limited edition that we is, just did. Is it such a big Europe thing now. over there with, with custom paint jobs? Because it, it isn't over yeah. here. This is actually, this one is actually a, a limited edition because we have kind of like two tires here, like actually so, three tires. We have our standard pedals. Uh, we have limited editions, which are usually, uh, you know, the same looking pedal, but with a different color, uh, different faceplate type of color and stuff. Uh, in this case of this one, we usually on limited editions, we don't hand paint them. This was one that we did, uh, hand paint all of them. Uh, but usually limited editions are like anodized enclosures in different colors and different face plates and all that. Uh, and then we have the custom shop, which is, uh, more intricate, like patterns and designs and all kinds of craziness, you know, which. Which was also something that happened from me, like back in the day, way back, like the very first stuff that I used to make. I started to trying to figure out a way to make them look cool, and I created all this process to uh, make them look whatever aged, whatever people got pissed about it, like an aged pedal. Like, no, that my goal was not to <laughs> like I was not trying to make like a 
oh, I want my pedals to be relic because they're going to sound better. You know, that, that was not my thing. Uh, the thing was just like, I was like, it would look cool if this thing looked like it came from under the sea, you know? And that was yeah. re- literally like the, the look that I was going for back in whenever I started creating those things. Uh, cool. And then as the brand grew, it became a big part of the brand. Also related to NAM, like on our first NAM show, one of the things that I figured out was like, how do we make a big appearance? You know, and I was like, all right, we'll make a bunch of custom pedals and people are going to show up to see and we're going to have all these crazy looking pedals and that's going to, you know, you know, people are going to, like it you know and i guess people did like we like it you know so that we just kept doing all those things and we still do it we do it here at our spot i gotta say it's a very switched on decision to to kind of already have that almost tier system in your in your mind that you have like a regular production you have a like custom paint jobs and then you have a custom shop on top of that because that you know offers not just you, but also the consumers, so many degrees of freedom when it comes to what they actually want to have and also what, you know, what their wallet is, uh, is making them, them yeah. possible. So, um, I'm, I'm no, really it's really cool. Like... I don't, I don't, I probably have some, uh, somewhere I'll find one and along the way, but oh. we, yeah, I mean, they, they, we just like it. We do different teams, you know, we do different things like about those, like, and, uh, I'm I'm like a hoarder on like knobs and stuff like that. I love <laughs> knobs. So like I see knobs and I want to buy them. Like I, I literally want to buy knobs off people, like off their stuff, you know. Uh, like we, I was traveling. I was in Thailand with my wife and we're traveling and I get into this shop and I had this like very old, whatever it was, uh, like some kind of like panel for whatever it was i have no idea what it was it was written all written in thai right and i and i was just like i kept looking at it and then i was like what are you looking at i'm like those knobs and i i just came to the lady from the store i was like can i buy these and she was like this what i'm like i'm trying to explain to the lady that i wanted to actually remove the knob and buy the knob you know i just think i'm trying to buy the thing i'm like no i don't want to buy this knob like can i buy this like how much do you want for this I didn't get you by then, uh, but I, I'm no. like that, you know, like I love those things. So that was also, you know, one of the things on the custom shop, especially on the beginning. Uh, I had no idea that we were going to make that many, you know, like I had no mm. idea like that this was going to be. So back in the beginning, I, I used to like find all these things like on our custom shop. It's very cool and interesting because here in Burbank, uh, there were a lot of like uh a lot of like airplane uh, manufacturing and stuff like that from back in the day, right? So there is a lot of like surplus, like little places that you can kind of go and find, like just find hardware and stuff. So a lot of the hardware that goes into the custom pedals are actually airplane parts and like all like those airplane lights and all those things that we, and back in the day, I used to have a lot more of those. And the very early yeah. customs all went with a lot of those parts that I, uh, that I at some point, if if it was today, I would have never put all those parts and all those pedals and would have kept those parts just for my personal ones because I had a lot of really <laughs> cool like knobs and stuff that I ended up putting on and selling it and I got no known anymore. Like some like old Fairchild type of knobs, you know, like real Fairchild knobs that I ended up putting on somebody's pedal. Probably just mm-hmm. the knob cost fifty dollars, you know, on eBay today. Tato just just got me a a a tray of custom, so I'll show you guys some stuff. Oh yeah, please. Look like. 
Oh yeah. Like Can we go full screen, Andy? Like... Yeah, one second. I'm gonna put you full screen. Uh, that's me. That is you. Oh, you, you're uh, your portrait anyway. I'm on my oh, phone. Okay. Yeah, I'm on my phone. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, so then we stick with the. Uh, I'll show some more. Portrait form. Uh, that's cool. So these are all hand painted, right? Yes. Wow. That's pretty cool. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. Let me see what else. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So again, <laughs> if you're listening to the audio version of this, um, just imagine the yeah, coolest artwork you've seen on some pedals for a while, and that's what you're getting. And just check out the Beatronics FX website. Anyways, that, yeah, that, that yeah. kind of stuff, you know. I mean, it's it's it so nice. From that kind of like from, from just me wanting to have those and making them look cool, and I kind of went on developing. Later on, I kind of became a part of the brand, and also I, I find it very cool for our uh, talking on the business side of things. I find it very cool that we get to have our social media and stuff. Every day you go into our social media, you kind of see something different. Uh, mm -hmm. And I find that pretty cool, you know, because mm -hmm. for most for most brands that don't have that that those possibilities, they kind of gotta post their pedal again and again and again. Now with a guitar, now with another guitar, and we get to like make them very different. So we'll post the same pedal ten times, but the ten times they look completely like different pedals. You know, so <laughs> another new pedal from Beatron. That's the stuff they just brought me. Some stuff that we we're actually making, yeah, like stuff Sweet. like that. So can you fill us in how do you do the the custom graphics stuff is it just like regular airbrushing or do you have uh, various no. techniques like laser etching or stuff like that no i kind of created like some method with stencils uh i don't really hand paint with like a like a you know with a brush or anything uh okay but i created this method with like uh i don't really tell anybody much about it exactly how i do it but Sure. I kind of created a method of using stencils and I created all these different methods to make it look like that under the sea vibe and some, some things like that and kind of okay. but for the most part, you know, it's like stencil type of like a I really like, you know, like street art and stuff like that. So we use mm -hmm. a lot of like, you know, same vibe as like street art like painting. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Cool. Banksy vibes. So if if you said there's a custom shop, so if you wanted wanted to have a pedal, what are there any limitations when it comes to custom graphics or like custom knobs or custom I don't know enclosures? What how how far can you go when it comes to full custom shop? Uh, there is a lot of limitations in the sense of like since it is like people cannot send like a picture of their dog and say hey I want the face of my dog on the pedal. <laughs> That's not what we do, you know. Like uh, in fact. For the most part, you know, uh, for the most part, the custom shop is designs that we came up with and we just do it. We do get requests and on our website and people can come in and they'll send like their band logo or, you know, something like more specific like that. But we usually in a lot of stuff, we have to go back and forth and go through. Some people don't always understand that we're not talking about like an UV printer that you're going to put in. And mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we have a, a hundred colors on this design and it has the most, you know, like it's not how this works. So, but it all, we we are always actually able to come out with something sure. I think cooler than the original idea was. To be fully honest, and uh, 
Like we're we're all because we know exactly we I we've built a we painted a lot of these, you know. So we know how to make them look cool and, and we, we guide people through as well. Like a lot of times people send us some ideas that we know that given it may look cool on the person's head because of he's imagining something that maybe is coming out of a printer. And since we know our method and what really makes contrast, what really makes colors pop and like what really makes like a design like look really cool on the pedal. And we kind of mm-hmm. guide people through and say, no, let's do it this way. And we kind of go back and forth. Usually people come in, they send their initial idea. Uh, we come up with a quote, whatever. And then we, we send back some like a few like sketches of mainly for like positioning of the design and like showing what kind of a rough idea of what it would look like. And then we kind of just go from there. And then at the end, we kind of, we have a lot of knobs, a lot of colors. Like right now I have a lot. Like recently we just received so many knobs. It was not funny. Like, like with, I don't know if you guys know, uh, but the, the everybody's worried about the tube shortage, but I was worried about the knob shortage a while back because there was like, it, 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 it is true. It is, it, it is real. Like it is real. It did happen. Like at some point it started becoming really hard to buy like the knobs, like the, the people that make the knobs for us, like some, a lot of this stuff, it's kind of like, uh, not necessarily custom made. It's not like our custom modes, but you know they are made to order. You know there are things that you need to you know. And we started having lead times of like we literally had a lead time of like ten months. You know, uh, yeah. so wow. at some point in the pandemic, I made the decision of buying way more knobs than I later figured out how many was. And by the time I, they were like, oh, it's ready. Here's the bill. You've got to pay for this. And I looked at it and I was like, damn, like I really did order that many knobs. And they're like, yeah. And then the boxes came in and we have no place to put more knobs because we literally have every knob of every model and every color you can think of. We have them all. Like we really do, <laughs> which is kind of insane. But yeah, at the end, people Nob- get knobs you know, for life. the knobs. And <laughs> for the most part, like for, for the most part, people let us like... Uh, lot of the stuff because we kind of know and it's kind of obvious with whenever you see all the options that you have for like hardware and apps we we always we usually come up with a few like options and say hey what do you think about this what do you think about that uh cool it's cool it's it's super cool like i i sometimes see some boards with pedals that were like from our first nam show you know and I see on somebody's board, I was like, damn, that pedal was so cool. I wish you never saw that. You know, like it happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you <laughs> come to a point as a manufacturer where you probably want to like uh, hunt down the old pedals, like the very first ones that you build and want to put them into oh, some sad. sort of museum or archive, right? Did I, I used to have here a little bit of that. Uh, I'm actually going to get rid of to in order to raise money for for, for a cause, for a friend. Uh, but I did have some of those. I, I'm not super nostal- nostalgic about stuff. I kind of just want to keep on moving on. But sometimes okay. I see some like that I forgot that we ever made, you know, and I'm like, oh, damn, we did make that. And that did look oh, super okay. cool, you know. And then sometimes <laughs> I kind of want it for my board mainly, you know, like, oh, I would put that on my board. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, I I am super looking forward to seeing you at Nam and seeing what your your booth is, and I know a little bit about the new pedal that's coming out. Obviously, we we can't share that, but um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that coming out. Um, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, man. I, I'm stoked about a lot of stuff. Like the new, uh, 
actually this was a good thing about the the pandemic that we got to you know really work on a lot of stuff uh we spent the past two years pretty much like working on on not necessarily only a specific projects, but on, on, on a lot of new ways that we're coming up with pedals for the brand and the brand's going to start releasing things that are quite different than what we have. Uh, it's still very bitronical, it's still very edgy, it's still very, but quite different. And I think people are going to be surprised. We're going to round it up there because, um, okay. Well, that's the end of the show. And I want to definitely see you in person and make some videos with you in person at NAM, and we'll put them on the channel um super awesome. looking forward to seeing where Btronics goes because you i i i don't know i'm Btronics is fx is a, is a company that i'm always curious what happens next because it always seems like you keep outdoing yourself and i mean that as a compliment yeah. but also as, a, as an observation and i have i genuinely have no idea what you're talking about about going somewhere new so it's exciting for me as, as a guitar pedal that's what's exciting me because i think we really outdoing out ourselves like the next couple releases it they're they're crazy they're crazy uh-uh. <laughs> that's all i can say they're crazy they sound crazy they look crazy they they and they are unique as well very like something that you cannot have on any other pedal any other brand so i'm excited about it wow that's that that's a big claim <laughs> I'm, but I'm, people I'm will find out on your on your channel that's that's the best part andy if they want to get the, all the news, yeah, they absolutely. just need to stick to your channel and get all the NAM, NAM coverage, uh, coverage from you guys. So Are you going to say no, knob coverage then? All the knob coverage. The, the knob coverage, yeah. yeah. The lord of the knobs. All right. <laughs> I, okay. I, I can if I find any that. interesting knobs, I'm going to bring them with me to give to you. So Please do. Okay. Well... Felipe, thank you so much for being a guest on the Guitar Stories show. It's It's been really fun talking to someone that's always so enthusiastic, and I'm excited what's going to happen next for Btronics FX and excited to go to NAMM and meet you and see what the hive looks like. Um, congratulations on being awesome. a dad again. And yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a great yep. rest of the day. I'll see you guys soon. Awesome. Thank you for joining. Thank you to everybody that listens and watched live. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, uh, Dan is going to ask you to give us five stars on iTunes. Absolutely. If you are a pedal nerd or if you enjoy guitars or if you just want to see Andy's throw and you enjoyed this show, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or head to Spotify and leave us a nice review for the show so we can you know, go on with more episodes, invite more guests and give you more amazing gear-related content and share with some positivity with you guys. Thanks a lot, and uh, hope to see you next week for episode 66 then. Yes, episode six. Not order 66. Thank you, Felipe. We'll see you soon, man. <laughs> see you again. Dan, take care. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.